0: Thank you for being here. I know many of you are visiting from out of town. Welcome. We're glad you're here with family. Thanks for giving us this 45 minutes or hour or so of your evening. And uh, just want to say that if, uh, if this is a stressful time for you, I don't know what you're going through, how it is, you're looking forward to tomorrow, or you've got them, those people are coming over, or I don't know what's going to be happening in your world, but... Um, just take a deep breath. Let's just, as we sing these songs, as we have the lights down low a little bit, hopefully cell phones are off, and, and just kind of take a moment of peace. Uh, I would just ask that, for some I know, this this year, this season, any real holiday can bring a lot of stress, and would just ask that you would open up. I don't know, we're going to have all sorts of, um, you know, faith uh, perspectives in a room like this, and I would just ask you to take a breath. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to do anything to make anyone, uh, force anyone to do anything, but would you open up to the possibility that there is uh, a God who would love to speak into your world, who would love to show himself and reveal himself to you. As we read, uh, Joy reads the familiar Luke 2 story tonight. Let's try to put on some new ears, set aside, the tension will be there at 5, six thirty, whatever time we leave, all the things, and maybe, just maybe, we'll see a God who maybe we don't know how powerful and how real he really is, speak into our world tonight. So let's, if you want to follow along, Luke chapter 2 as we read this story.
1: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And as they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is God's Word.
0: So, about three weeks ago, I got this uh, notice in the mail that our denomination had switched eye care providers. What this isn't like a Christmas sermon. This is a this is this is this important for me. It's important. So IMED is now covering our vision care, which is great. And so I got this um, notice in the mail of non-discrimination accessibility requirements. It was about it's about a paragraph and a half about you know they comply with all the federal specifications. And if I have disabilities, I can get this. And it was it was it was good. I was all for it. And um, so. Got all that, and then it said below, it said, um, you know, suplan cumple con los leos, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's in Spanish, and and there was Vietnamese, Tagalog, Filipino, Chinese, Korean, Russian, Arabic, French, Portuguese, German, Armenian, these are all paragraphs on this, Uh, Cambodian, French, Creole, Polish, Italian, Japanese, Hindi, I'll skip around a little bit, Navajo, Choctaw, Fulfoldi, Pompeian, Bisnian, Cherokee, Hawaiian, Bantu, Kurundi, oh, we're just beginning. (laughs) Paragraph for each one of these, 59 languages. So I'm a trivia guy, I love trivia. So this got me thinking, 59 languages, paragraph of this. You probably have something like this. Why 59? So I look at how many languages are there? 7,000 languages, right? Why those fifty-nine? Well, I, don't, I have no idea. So I, I began to go through. I, my fafoldi is not as good as yours, probably, so I was trying to figure out where do they speak this? Smallest language I could find, this is the way my mind works. Okay, in Micronesia, they speak Pompeian, 28,000 people. However, I wondered, okay, they must have left one off, and they did. In India, 75 million people speak Marathi, it's not on here, what is up with that? (laughs) I would feel if I was a Marathi speaker, I'm thinking, what? Why? I mean, so the point is this, none of of these matter to me because I don't speak the language, but they matter to somebody. Somebody speaks Chukis, and when they were on here, they read over the English like I read over the Chukis, and they didn't understand a word of the English, but they were looking for the language they understood, and it was important to them whether it was 28,000 people or one. Now, I thought 7,000 languages, they're going to need more paper. 147 sheets of paper given how many languages you can get on each sheet. So I'm anticipating mailing costs will be going up for the IMED people next year. Why do I tell you this? Is because God speaks your language. And I want to show you from the Christmas story tonight, not only what we just read, but the four chapters in all of the Bible, we speak of a birth narrative, how much God says he speaks your language but why he only speaks one language as well and why he's drawing us there. So let me, let me point out to you this. We did not read the narrative about the Magi, those wise men who came later in Jesus' life to give the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But in Matthew 2, you'll find that story. And you know the way that Jesus was found by the Magi, right? It was by a star. And you know why? Why? Because the Magi were people of the stars. They were astronomer, astrologer types who followed, studied the stars. They knew it well, and they noted the anomaly in the sky, whatever that was, and they began to go. They also knew the Hebrew Scriptures to some extent, so that they knew something was supposed to happen with a king. And so to them, God spoke the language of the stars to people for whom that was the way they were going to understand it. You notice he didn't use a star for the shepherds in our story, or for Joseph and Mary for that matter. He spoke the language of angelic doctrine, because for them, that would have been a language they understood. They would have been schooled in stories about Abraham being visited by angels, he and Sarah, when they were going to have this miraculous birth of a child in Isaac. It was angels that came and told them that. And they would have known that. Or an angel that comes and stays Abraham's hand from killing Isaac and releasing a ram as a sacrifice. They would have known that angels came at significant times. And so to them, they spoke the language of angels. To an old man who knew the ancient Old Testament, Mosaic law, Simeon knew that it was going to be in the temple that he would be looking for Jesus because he understood and he spoke the language of Jewish customs and rituals. So there he is on the eighth day of Jesus' life in the temple watching as the baby Jesus is brought in for that dedication, circumcision that was appropriate in that time, and He's brought to the child holding this baby in his arms and saying, now I've seen your salvation. See, in all these people's lives in different ways, God led them, but what's the common factor? He leads each of them to Jesus. Now, Interestingly enough, the chief priests and the scribes also had a language. They knew the Bible well, and when the Magi came to them and said, "Where is it the child's to be born?" We we sort of know that this Hebrew king is going to be born somewhere, but where is it going to be? They're like, "Oh, well, we know. You know, it says in the Old Testament prophets, he's going to be born in Bethlehem." So Herod gets the information from the. These who knew that, but of course, they didn't go to Jesus. They said, well, Magi, you go let us know when you find out what you find out. Come back and tell us and we'll go worship the child. Of course, that wasn't Herod's plan. But all these things, again, the language was spoken to point each one to Jesus because ultimately, they all had to come to this precipice of finding one child. Now, I don't know what language you speak. There's 7,000 spoken languages in the world. There's a lot more heart languages than that in this world. We're, you may not have noticed this, but we're wired differently. Live, someone with, live with someone of the opposite gender for a while, and you'll notice we're all not wired the same. We speak different languages. The God who made you is doing what he can to bring you to a manger, to a baby, to a child, to a person, to God in human form. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that. It's always interesting to me to hear stories of people who have become Christians because some people go to church their whole lives. My parents went to church for uh, every week of their lives for decades, and it wasn't until they were in uh, their thirties and forties, that something was spoken to them. That though they had heard the Bible read and seen, a word was spoken to them that spoke their language, and that they knew God was calling them into relationship with Himself. And it's, you know, I wouldn't pick a star. I wouldn't pick Old Testament rituals. I don't. I was. A teenager, and I was a cynic and a skeptic. Religion was my parents' thing. But when confronted with the truths that this Bible story, so familiar and simple, was laid out, I was struck by how much I had to make a decision whether I was going to accept it or reject it or not. And by myself in the front yard of my house, coming to the point of saying, either this is just a bunch of BS. It's, not, it's, just, it's just a myth, it's just a fairy tale, and I'm just going to be a, a sort of modern person and do my own thing, and it's not true. Or it's completely true, and it's completely the story that matters the most. No other story ultimately matters if this story is true. That's what Christmas confronts us with. The amazing thing is that you know, for us, Christmas... Sometimes becomes uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire and Jack Frost just nipping at your nose. It's just nipping. It's just you know. It's just. It's very com- We want a fire and we want comfort and and that's what sort of Christmas means. And it's, for for Jesus. It's exactly the opposite. He had all that. He had a fire in heaven, as it were. He had all the comfort. And he came, the Bible's claim is that he came and left all that in order that we might experience something that we don't deserve. Because see, our human condition, the Bible says, puts us at odds with God and puts us on the outs with him because a holy God can't exist with sinful people. And so for us, this Christmas, should bring each of us to the point of saying, okay, God, if this is true, here I am. You've brought me, whether it's through stars, whether it's through some other language, you bring me to the feet, to the cradle of Jesus. Now, for those of us who are Christians, believe me, it is easy to lose our way back to the manger sometimes. It's easy to think, I do believe, but man, I thought he was born in Nazareth. I get those towns mixed up all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes he was born in Bethlehem and that's where we should be, but sometimes we think God is somewhere he's not and He draws us in our heart language to the place where he is. See, here's the miracle. God wants to be with you and in you. Emmanuel, God with us. He desires to be close to you. You don't have to worry about whether you've done anything or you are You're that kind of person that God wouldn't want to be around or he wants to be around you. He wants you to be with him. But he's God. And he says, you come. And the terms are, I get to be God and you don't. Only room for one God here in the manger. As we celebrate, there's one language that this ultimately comes down to, because all the ways that Jesus brings us to himself, all the different roads that you may take will ultimately lead you to one place and one language Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says as he opens his book. He says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers. See, in the Old Testament, God spoke through earthquakes. He spoke through storms. Spoke through burning bushes and fires. Spoke in whirlwinds. But here at Christmas, he doesn't speak like that, does he? He speaks as a baby. Who can't understand a baby? Well, you don't understand them, but we all know because we were all babies. At least I assume most of us in the room were babies. Listen to what he says. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these days, he has spoken to us. By his son. The claim of Christianity that stands against the claim of this world is that while the claim of this world is many roads and many ways will get you to God in heaven, the claim of Christianity is he's spoken to us by his son. And that Jesus Christ, having come no other, no other Religion makes the claim that God came in human form and flesh to make himself like one of us, to live and die as one of us, to su- as a substitute in our place. And this will save us. What we sing about, these words of the hymns, that even if you don't believe this, it's, it's just familiar to us. God in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. It's changed my life when I came to understand that, that it's true. It's true. And that even if you're a believer and you've lost your way and you're standing in Nazareth right now and you need to make your way to Bethlehem, come and lay whatever burden is on you, whatever you're feeling that it's just too much for you, will you come and bring it and lay it at the feet of the manger? Will you lay it at Jesus' feet? Will you lay your doubts? Lay the things that keep you from God. Maybe you'd like to believe, but there's just too many things that are in the way. I invite you to come, taste and see. He came in human form so we could taste and see and touch and know that this God is real And he will change your life if you will believe. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you that you speak every language. Lord, not only the ones we speak with our mouths, but the language we use in our hearts. And that you and you alone know us so intimately that you know the way to our hearts and you know every barrier we've put up and every roadblock. And tonight, Lord, before we enter in to the next days of so much activity and visiting, would you bring us, strip away the peripheral things so that we might take a moment and contemplate this claim, and if we, if we don't believe it, Lord, would you come and show the way into our hearts, Lord, would you come to each one, Lord, and if we do believe it, but boy, right now we're just in such a bad, hard place, would you find a way to our hearts, Lord, and rekindle in us that flame of faith? You want to be with us. You are God with us. You desire to walk with us. Would you show us how to lay ourselves and our thoughts and desires down so that we might take upon ourselves all the great gift that you give us of yourself? As we close, I want to do this. I want to give us a, about a minute or two of just silence. And during that time, I'll ask Dave and Brandon to come up in just a minute. And we're going to pass out some candles. They'll come down the center aisle and just pass some candles. And I just want to give us a couple of minutes for you to take time and to pray, to ask God that if you'd like him to find you, that he would find that way and knowing you that he would speak your language, speak your heart language. He wants to make himself known to you. And then we'll, we'll close singing Silent Night together as we light these candles. And would you just allow the peace of this to open up the Holy Spirit would be able to work in our midst?